In this episode of Scaling Postgres, we talk about Postgres 13 Beta 2, System Stats Extension, Tuned, and Join Strategy. I'm Creston Jamison, and this is Scaling Postgres, episode 120. All right, I hope you, your family, and coworkers continue to do well in these times. Our first piece of content is PostgreSQL 13 Beta 2 is released. So this is leading up to the release of Postgres 13 in the fall, and it mentions some of the changes since uh, Beta 1, predominantly bug fixes, but a couple of different changes. So if you're interested, go ahead and check that out. Now, to go along with this, there has been a recent YouTube video posted on the San Francisco Bay Area PostgreSQL Users Group YouTube channel called A First Look at PostgreSQL Version 13. And this talk was given by Christoph Pettis. And it's a good summarization of all the new features in Postgres 13, particularly the ones that are of interest to him. Now, the video is about 30 minutes in length, but it's really the first 20, 22 minutes of presentation and then questions at the end. So it's a pretty short overview that gives you all the different changes coming. So if you're interested, check out this uh, YouTube video. The next piece of content is System Stats extension for PostgreSQL. And this is from uh, pgsnake.bloodspot.com, which is Dave's Postgres blog. And it's actually an extension for Postgres that actually looks at various operating system and hardware statistics. Basically, they've given you SQL access via these new system tables to be able to query what the state of the hardware and the state of the OS system is doing. So they present uh, operating system info, CPU info, usage statistics for CPU, uh, memory info, as well as IO and disk info, system load averages, process info, network info, and memory by process info. So this is a great addition. I'm definitely gonna be checking out this uh, system extension to see if I could potentially use that to help with monitoring. So if you're interested, check out this extension as well as uh, his blog post about it. The next piece of content is Tuned PG and You. This is from hunleyd.github.io. And he's talking about doing tuning to your OS that PostgreSQL is running on. And he advocates using this tool called Tuned that kind of helps with dynamically making changes to your system and I believe it's written and maintained by uh, Red Hat. And he advocates using Tuned over something like making changes or editing ctl.conf instead. And he goes through the process of taking some existing tuning configurations and adjusting it to come up with a PostgreSQL Tune configuration. So this is not only beneficial to see if you want to use Tune, but to look at his OS configuration changes that he does for some of the systems. And of course he said he uses benchmarks to also determine what these changes should be. So definitely something to take into account. But if you're interested, definitely check out this blog post. The next piece of content is join strategies and performance in PostgreSQL. Now this post goes over joins in the three different join types that are typically used with a B-tree index. So they talk about the uh, nested loop join strategy the hash join strategy and the merge join strategy. And it talks about how each of these are used, the algorithm used, uh, the different types of indexes that can help in certain situations and whether it's a good strategy. So for example, the nested loop join is a good strategy to use if the outer table is small 
a hash join using the hash table is advantageous if it can fit into work mem and then a merge join can be useful if both of the tables are large but they do mention that if it's not an equality but something different than equality then pretty much things just drop back to a nested loop join now what one thing they mention here is is a way to be sure you get the best strategy is to make some of the changes they suggest here and number one of course is having your statistics be up to date so either analyzing frequently or making sure your default statistics target is set appropriately at the database level and at the table level if you need to also you could potentially look to increase your work mem if that makes sense for you to get it at the cheaper hash joins as well as communicating to PostgreSQL about your hardware and resources, tuning things like your random page costs, effective cache size, and effective I.O. concurrency. So that way the planner may make better decisions on which types of plan to use. And he also mentions that, quote, uh, you can speed up nested loop and merge joins with index-only scans. So adding more columns to an index may be beneficial. And with versions 11 and above, you can just include columns onto that index without actually having it in the index. So if you want to learn more about these strategies and how they could potentially help your performance, definitely check out this blog post. The next piece of content is actually a PDF, and it's talking about JSON unification with regard to Postgres. So what they're talking about is that around 2014, JSONB was introduced in Postgres that attracted some NoSQL users. You can tell the rapid rise of Postgres here in terms of a popularity from a DB engines. And they're arguing as a result of this, JSON has been added to the actual SQL standard. But the issue being that we have a JSON data type and a JSONB data type, but the standard is going for one common standard. So this is talking about unifying the JSON and the JSONB and how we could potentially do that. Now, this is a substantial piece of content and it's over 89 slides but it goes into the history of JSON, the different ways you can query it, and also how to approach this unification process. So it's very dense in terms of content and material, but if you're interested in learning more about the JSON, the JSON being potentially this unification that will have to be done with Postgres to be in alignment with the SQL standard, definitely check out this piece of content. Next piece of content is PostgreSQL. L-tree versus with recursive. And they're talking about, they had done a previous post talking about L-tree and hierarchical data and querying it. And they said, well, what about performance and what about with recursive? So this blog post actually looks at doing something similar in order to optimize to get really fast queries. He basically does the same thing, still using L-tree, but using a materialized view that can be refreshed and therefore you can index that to get better performance. And after some of these changes, he got relatively low execution times, less than a millisecond for doing some of these uh, queries. So if you have hierarchical data and you potentially want to look into L-tree or with recursive and getting better performance by leveraging materialized views, maybe you want to check out this uh, blog post from cybertech-postgresql.com. The next piece of content is advanced active record using subqueries in Rails. Now, this is from uh, pganalyze.com. Now, with Rails, they're talking about Ruby on Rails, which is an application framework that uses Ruby. And active record is the ORM that Ruby on Rails uses. So it's an object relational mapper. So as such, it has its own syntax. 
but subqueries aren't the easiest thing to figure out in it, but this post goes over some different techniques that you can use to do it. So for example, this is an example where you have a subquery in a WHERE clause. You can actually have query that you can then insert into the SQL. And again, this is the uh, active record Ruby syntax. So this is the equivalent to doing something like this query here with a subquery as a part of the WHERE clause. And he goes over different ways you can do things such as WHERE NOT EXIST subqueries, uh, SELECT subqueries, as well as FROM subqueries and HAVING subqueries. So if you have a need to use subqueries in your Ruby on Rails project, maybe you want to check this blog post to see how best to do that. The next post is Composite Primary Keys, PostgreSQL, and Django. This is from CrunchyData.com. And they were doing a database design where they ideally wanted to have a composite primary key. But when trying to set it up using Django's ORM, they had some difficulties. And basically, it was a lot of difficulties, but they were able to work through and get something uh, working to their satisfaction. So if you are interested in learning how they were able to rectify the situation with the Django ORM, definitely check out this piece of content. The next piece of content is types of indexes in PostgreSQL. This is from hygo.ca, and it goes over all the different indexes, of which there are many of PostgreSQL, starting with, of course, the B-tree index, talking about hash, gist, spgist, gen, bren, multi-column indexes, unique indexes, expression indexes, partial indexes, and index-only scans, as well as covering indexes. So if you want to learn all about indexes on PostgreSQL, definitely check out this blog post. The next two pieces of content are in relation to Oracle and migrating to PostgreSQL. The first one is Oracle to PostgreSQL, reasons to migrate. And it covers some of those here, such as uh, foreign data wrappers versus federation, all the different languages available to write procedures and functions and compared to PLSQL and Oracle, as well as others. So if you're interested in this type of content, check out this blog post. And this is from uh, secondquadrant.com. The second one is set up Aura to PG, for Oracle to Postgres migration. So this is an open source utility called Aura2PG that helps you convert your data from Oracle to Postgres. And this is from crunchydata.com. So if you're interested in doing that, check out this blog post. The next piece of content is the PostgreSQL person of the week is Simon Riggs. So if you're interested in learning more about Simon and his contributions to PostgreSQL, definitely check out this blog post. Next piece of content is how to monitor PostgreSQL 12 performance with OmniDB part one. This is from secondquadro.com and they're talking about using their monitoring tool OmniDB to monitor Postgres. So if you want to learn more about OmniDB and what it does in terms of monitoring, check out this blog post. Next piece of content is authenticating PG Pool 2 with LDAP. This is from hygo.ca. And LDAP authentication is a new feature to my understanding with a new version of PG Pool 2. So this shows how to get that working with the newer versions of PostgreSQL and PG Pool 2. And the last piece of content is how to use neural network machine learning model with 2UDA, PostgreSQL, and Orange Part 7. So Part 7 in a post talking about network machine learning with PostgreSQL. So if you're interested in that, check out this post from secondquadrant.com. That does it for this episode of Scaling Postgres. You can get links to all the content mentioned in the show notes. 
be sure to head over to scalingpostgres.com where you can sign up to receive weekly notifications of each episode. Or you can subscribe via YouTube or iTunes. Thanks.